Hi, and welcome to the Unplugged Debate. On this podcast, we delve into the ideas surrounding human interaction with both nature and technology, talking to people about their time in the outdoors, starting from when they were younger all the way through to present day, developing a picture on who and what motivates them to be outside and why they do the things they do in the outdoors, crossing over into talking about their technology usage and how that's changed throughout their life, and speaking to them about the different types of technology they use on a day-to-day basis, from their mobile phones to their running shoes. Once we've developed a good picture of them, we incorporate that into how they think technology has changed their outlook on life and their time in the outdoors. And finishing with how they think technological development has changed society on a wider scale. So hello and welcome. So on today's episode, we have Sam Harbour. Sam Harbour is um, an ed- adventure educationalist. He studied at the University of Chichester. Uh, notable things that Sam has done, he's done his accelerated freefall course, which is uh, the course that allows you to go skydiving. He's also uh, been a husky sledder. We worked together whilst we were out in Norway. Um, but now Sam has uh, left the uh adventure industry to be a fireman so hello sam how you doing hi craig i'm very well thank you how are you oh good thanks excellent how was sweden sweden was good mate so i I was out um just recently um husky sledding again so um i haven't left the adventure life behind just yet so so, how uh, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Anything else that you uh, you like to normally do outdoors? No, you pretty much covered it. I mean, adventure is quite a big, a big topic, mm. and a big area. But um, yeah, so that's probably probably nailed it on yeah. the head. In three in three points. Fair enough. When was the last time you actually got to do any of those those things apart from obviously being a firefighter? Uh, it's been a been a couple of years now. Um, mainly, well, COVID, COVID hasn't helped, and then before that, um, mo- money because some adventure sports are quite expensive, like skydiving. Mm. So, it's been a couple of years since um, I've properly done anything like that. However, I do want to try and get involved in it again. Um, yeah. When we can. I mean, that's quite an extreme. Um... Uh, sport really isn't it skydiving chucking yourself out of a plane at that was at 18,000 feet yeah 15 15 to 16,000 feet it, it, it sounds extreme but once you've done it once it's kind of like oh, it's quite yeah. normal. <laughs> you're sort of just floating on this cushion of air as you fall to the plummet to the earth at terminal yeah. velocity oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's perfectly, perfectly normal, normal. Don't worry. I know. I know a few. Uh, a few other people that do um, skydiving, and it's uh, it's uh, an interesting sport. Let's put it that way. Although I did want to sign up uh, for it this year, but obviously coronavirus has killed that idea. So maybe next year, Sammy. There's always that. And there's always next year. So. Um, well, just um, what 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 got you into doing the husky sledding then? University, really, at a at a, at a work at a work placement um, for third year, and I want I wanted to go abroad to do something, and a couple of ex students had done that as a placement, so there was kind of already a, a link there between the, the work and the university. So I thought. You know what that looks different you know <laughs> it's like i first wanted to do go abroad and secondly do something different and it ticked both boxes okay so that's why i went for that well how long did you do that for it was nine months in total from like august to 
end of April. So basically all of a month, a month of autumn, winter, and then start of spring, yeah. really. I was just point. I, so it was quite nice. It's quite nice seeing the the, the change in seasons. Yeah. I was just going to say. I was. I'll just point out that uh, Sam likes to boast that he spent the most time out there in our, in our first season. Continuous yes, time. continuous time. <laughs> I spent the most time out there, but Sam spent the most continuous time because I went. I went home for my birthday. So, um, so yeah. Well, we just covered that. So what we'll do is we'll start by just. Um, that's the sort of things you do in the outdoors. Do you do anything else in the outdoors um, apart from obviously those those types of things? Do you go for walks or just give us a little brief thing? Yeah, I go for I go for walks and runs primarily. Um, nothing, nothing too since since I finished uni, I've done, I haven't really done much adventurous, shall we mm. say? Um, I don't know, I don't know why. Just just where it's happened, right? Um, I think you know. Did I like to do go back and do snowboarding and when um, when when we can. So I like, I like I'd like to do that. But basically, a lot of it's on hold at the mm. moment. So pending, shall we say? I'd like to do more. So you say you go for walks and runs. Um, is that just purely for a fitness standpoint, or do you, um, or do you go out for the pleasure of being outside, or what's your motivation? Probably, probably a bit of both because. Probably a bit of both because I've got at work we've got a gym which has treadmills, and although I go on there, I do like to go out outside and running. I don't I don't want to just primarily just run on a treadmill in a gym. You know, part of it is I do want to go outside, actually be in the, in the world, you know, seeing people or or just being out and about because it's completely different probably to get that outdoor aspect. And then, uh, I mean, are you looking when you go to these outdoor places? Are you looking for more like woodland areas, more like away from built-up areas, or are you just heading to like your park spaces? Probably a mixture. Obviously, if it's been, if it's been raining a lot, then I don't really want to go through the woodlands too much because it'd be quite muddy. However, when it's nice weather, you know, I like to incorporate a bit of both. A bit of both. I, I live in a quite built-up area anyway. There is there is green spaces, but there there is not as many as there can be. So I try I try to do a bit of both, but it's mainly urban, I'd say. Because you you're actually quite close to a country park, aren't you? Mm, yes. Yeah, so you're just down the way from there. But so do you sort of head to that country park, or, or um, when you can, when it's not too muddy, or is it? Okay, so do, I mean, do do you use your car to go driving? That's what I'm trying to say. To a exercise spot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely more of a summer. Queen Elizabeth Country Park. It's definitely more of a summer um, thing. And I've I've driven to get there to go there a few times. Yeah. Um, however, there's a t- a t- I wouldn't say it's a regular thing. So you know, I tend to tend to try and. St- just go outside my house and do a run or walk then or go down to like the seafront for example that'll be the that'll be the first port of call and then probably, probably queen's um queen elizabeth will probably be every now and then because i mean obviously when you where you live on the south coast you still got that opportunity to go down to the seafront and 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 have not just green space but you've got the the blue the blue which is water and that sort of thing, um, which you know still gives benefits to human mental health and things like that. Um, so, but that's that's interesting. You say that you head down to the seafront and things like that before you head to um, before you head out to the park and stuff. Um, yeah, I suppose that the next question is really is where did the interest for the outdoors come? You know, because obviously now you have more of a fixed job that's like um you stay indoors until you get called out on a job for, for as, a, as a firefighter where did the interest come for you going and doing sort of adventure education and the outdoor stuff that you do well probably say like when i was in school we used to every year um an ex royal marine teacher always used to run 
run a, a camp. So you'd have year seven camp, year eight camp. Then you'd have bivy camp, which would be year nine and ten. And I always go to the New Forest for a week, whether it be in September or June, and just do outdoor adventure stuff, getting wet, muddy, team building stuff, etc. And I always went on them and I always really enjoyed them. Um, however, when I went to college, you know, I kind of, you know, I studied business, media, history, and government politics, a very class-based stuff. Yeah. I still did the Duke of Edinburgh Award as like, as an additional, you know, out, out of hours thing. And kind of when it came to the end of college, I, was, uh, I initially didn't think about going to uni, but then I got better grades than I thought I would. And I just wanted to do something completely different. Something that I didn't have, someone, something I didn't have like a much of, of a background in, so to speak. And then through, through a friend who was, was in the year above, he, he was doing the, the adventure education course at Chichester and he, he rated it really highly. And so I looked into that, and it was turns out to be a brilliant decision. But yeah, because I loved it. So yeah, that was kind of it. Me want to do something a bit completely different and get out there a bit, rather than sit inside of a classroom. Something that I've done quite a lot in school and college. Yeah. So you were saying about these these uh, that your love for the outdoors kind of started when you were young, really, um, with with going out on these bivy camps and uh, and getting outdoors and so would you say that it was more like school driven your your want to get outside or did your parents encourage it as well um it was, it was obviously when you're young like most of it is your parent driven isn't it because you know um but like year seven and eight was kind of like your more compulsory camps to go on in terms of like Mum, mum and dad get involved with your school, but then when Bivy Camp, the year nine and ten ones, it was optional, and the dropout rate was incredibly high when it did become optional. But as a result, you had like a good, you had a good group of people who did come on, come on camp and and do camp, and it was kind of just you know like waking up, waking up in the morning, it being quite cold, despite it being in like June, and like you know you have the, the dew on the grass. Um, just you know, camps, camp burner, you know, cooking your food outside. And it was just like doing, doing that. It was just, I enjoyed it. It was like a, a good escape from school. It was just a good escape because obviously, you know, school is, you know, it was nine to five. Well, well, it was half eight to half two for me, Monday to Friday. You know, just get the same schedule, week in, week out, doing. You know the same kind of like court lessons and and mm. rota, and then you just went away for went just went away for a week. Yeah, and it was it was just nice. It was just nice to just kind of like get out of get out of a building, just sit in the field, you know, and in a tent, and then um and just 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 do outdoor stuff like river walks and team building and lot lots of lots of different things that I previously hadn't done before. So you say you say it was a, a bit of a, an escape. Um, can you just explain a bit more what you mean by uh, like being able to escape? Yes, um, you know, that's, school's a weird time because there's although at the time it go it seems like it drags on and on and on, but there's it, it, also a lot of pressure as well. But especially when you do get to your, your higher years, you know, year nine, ten, and eleven, when you do start doing GCSEs and and you know you're going from like doing you know exams and homework that doesn't you know that it doesn't really count towards your end of grade because you know it's just it's there to help you learn and then all of a sudden you're you're doing GCSEs which will you know affect your job prospects your college prospects your uni prospects and all you know when you're that young it's quite a bit of a you know when you're 13 14 15 it's a bit you know, oh, it's a bit of an eye opener, isn't it? Where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got to switch on, and you've got like, you know, I remember I had like fifteen exams in the space of a month, end of year eleven plus coursework involved, and it's it's just good to just like get away from that for a week. No one's talking about it. No one's talking about it for a week. There's there's no focus on it for a week, 
and it's just you know kind of re reset yourself exactly but mentally so when you do come back you feel in, you know invigorated that's a good word invigorated the company that I, I was looking to set up was sort of having these digital retreats um and so that's that's kind of the the thing you're trying to like include is that you get away and you have this escape um and it gives you a perspective which is nice and that's what you're saying here is that you went on these camps um to sort of relieve the stress and give you some perspective on 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 life as do you, you think yes yeah just to do something different and escape escape the the at the time the pressures of of school etc and uh, i mean um so that's sort of your drive into into the outdoors it was was um these camps and, and things like that what sort of drove you to do skydiving and, and sports like that yes um when when you know i started my degree everyone knows that you've got placement year but very few people actually know what they want to do from it from mm. the start it's kind of like a oh yeah that's good but that's in two years time it doesn't matter right now and I initially thought, I just wanted to basically, I'd always had a, not a fascination, but a curiosity of skydiving, what it'd be like to jump out of a plane. And I just kind of wanted to, in case I did want to like maybe pursue it as a third year option to, to maybe become, well, not an instructor because that would have probably been a bit too premature, but like maybe work at a drop zone. It was just to open that option up and it kind of, just like it pushed me in a good way because it was although I never did anything in third year related to it uh work-wise I you know I, I, I still love love like the time going out there and at the time since then so it's kind of I've got, not pushed but it was good in the way that uni was kind of like the external driver to maybe like do that yeah it was, it, but would you have said it was a, an external thing or an intrinsic thing in the end that you wanted to go and do that? Or I've got a bit, a bit, a bit of both really. It's more of a, you know, so I, I did want to do it, but then uni was kind of like that. But where I was surrounded by advent, like more adventurous people, shall we say, like not not just the, you know, not just the teachers and lecturers, but also like the people doing the course. Like everyone seemed to have like a sport of some kind right they all had their like oh this is what i like to do this is what i like to do and I, and that was kind of like it pushed me because it was like oh you can actually do mm -hmm. these things but, I mean, it, the, these things are out there and it was just kind of just opened my eyes a bit to like what is out there and what you can do more than anything so you said it was sort of broadening your horizons really to try and uh, just to yeah, see what yeah. other sports are out there in the adventure industry yes okay. well that's that's an interesting is that something that you would have liked to have done like become a, a skydiving instructor or something along those lines there's always it's always in it's always in my my mind i mean it's there's a lot of barriers to entry in terms of finance in terms of finances uh, that's probably the, the biggest barrier um but it's something I kind of like learned doing it was like I, I preferred keeping it as just a hobby yeah. rather than a job and keep try and keep keep the two separate where I can. No, you know, you, some people I, I, I like, you know, I think the reason why I like it is because I keep it quite, it's not, I keep it quite infrequent. It's not a, a weekly thing. It keeps, I, you know, I keep my interest yeah. there. And it's something for me rather than, do you know what I mean? Worrying about someone else. No, exactly. I mean, jumping out of a plane and then having to worry about someone else jumping out of a plane that's pretty inexperienced would be, uh, be a, a hellraiser of a of a coaching job, I have to say. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, some of these sports that you're into, uh, the, the technology in them uh, is is quite. Um, it has developed since since sort of even the 70s really so just to, to sort of move on from the outdoors 
we'll come back to it in a bit, but um, let's start talking a, bit, a little bit about technology. So what sort of technology do you use? A mo mobile, um, TVs, gaming consoles, the internet, cars. Yeah, I'd say the standard technology of today yeah. really so that that's the stuff that you use on a, on a daily basis really but um what what i'm trying to look at is as well is if you nick made it um a good example is that um we forget that the technology that we use in in certainly the adventure industry uh has developed so far that we can um start to like for his example was he can go into the sea with a thinner wetsuit on but stay warmer so you know you in yeah. skydiving yeah. your the parachutes that you use now will be uh, decades and decades of development so um if you delve deep into uh, the other side of the technology that you use as well what would that be so anything overly technological i mean yeah perhaps say the parachute is probably the most advanced bit, bit of design, shall we say, is you know, other things like snow snowboarding, you know, it's quite, they are designed with like aerodynamics in mind. It's probably the only other thing I'd probably say, um, can't, you know, walking and running, just, <laughs> there's, there's not much to it, is there? But yeah, I'd say Skyrim is probably the one which has, uh, if you know what I mean, probably the most but i mean the, the shoes that you use whilst you go running um like if you use a good pair of asics or something like that they've been yeah developed um you think the running shoes of yesteryear would have been completely different yeah. to, you would probably would have been running oh, around yeah. in plimsolls while you're at school yeah it's not it's something that you don't really think about much really do you know what i mean like i've got a pair I've got a few pairs of gym slash running shoes mainly bought on the basis that though i like the look yeah. of them more more than more than actually all the functionality and <laughs> yeah uh, yes yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean also i suppose um in a, in a sense when you're working as a as a firefighter um I mean, a lot of the time you'll be outdoors, but sometimes you go into dangerous spots. What's the sort of tech that you'll use in the fire service, if you're allowed to say, uh, that you'll uh, that you'll use uh, on a daily basis? Hey, you know, I've got quite a lot of different items, objects, and bits mm. of kit and equipment. I mean, there depends on what sort of thing you're doing, whether is a fire and then you've got your then you know you haven't got just water you've got also foam capabilities uh dry powder as well um they're the three main water foam and dry powder is quite in your, your three main fire um extinguishing mm -hmm. media so but then, then you've got various different ways of attaining attaining that right attaining them i mean you've got either on one truck, you have a compressed air phone system, which will create your phone. Whereas on another truck, you literally have a tub of EcoPole, which is just basically um, eco-friendly concentrate uh, that you use, that you mix with water via a foam inline inductor. So there's different ways to attain that. Then obviously with your dry powder, that's just an extinguisher, yeah. a fire extinguisher. Um, which then has its own technologies within that, and then then that's just that's just for fire. Then you've got multitude of different equipment, like your hydraulic cutters and spreaders, which mainly is used for road traffic collision scenario, but then can also be used for trying to gain access if needed. You know, if if you if you if someone's really stuck, then you've got your You've got your saws, like your Hilti or Makita saws, mm. whether they be generator powered or battery powered. 
Then you've got your stabilization for cars or vehicles, such as like a Paratech mm. or Stabfast. Um, or you, you can just use a bog standard ladder if needed with some a, a GP line, a general purpose line. So you've got loads of different loads of different bits of equipment and technologies. And and the and, and I suppose that your the clothing you wear and, and that sort of thing will, will, will have been developed over time. It'd be fire resistant and the BA systems you use. Oh yes. It's all purpose designed for firefighting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, you can't you can't you can use it for other stuff, but um yes, been all designed with that in mind. I mean that that's that's the equipment that you'll use on a daily basis and, and obviously various to the call outs you do and things like that. But um so let's let's dive into like the digital side of it as well. On a daily basis, what you know, you said you use your TV, your phone, your laptop, that sort of thing. What what do what are you using that digital technology for? If it's TV related, it's mainly to watch some sports of some sort whether it be football, cricket, rugby, um, for example. I, I don't typically tend to watch TV programmes or movies so right. much. Obviously, I've got, got PlayStation 5, so it's gaming purposes, so I, I use it hmm. for that. Um, quite self-explanatory. And then phone, be to talk to people, talk to people or... Um, search the internet or you know online banking buying stuff and then laptop I don't tend to use anymore unless I'm actually doing like a word document or powerpoint for work or, or whatever okay. that's that's interesting because obviously uh, going from a uni type thing where you're using a lot of um, word, word processing and, and internet searching stuff so you would have said that what, as you've left uni, you've used your laptop less, but used your phone more, or yeah, I'd, I'd say that yeah. Just where I don't do as much work really in that yeah. regard. Not as much word processing. No. <laughs> um. So, I mean, do you, the 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 big question, I suppose, in digital detoxing is, and like the biggest chat. Uh, spoken about thing is social media um how how do you use social media do, i mean um are you just a passive user or you're an active user do you put content up for people to use and, and manipulate and, and talk about or do you uh, do what a lot of people do and that's just scroll through on social media i just i just yeah i use it mainly to just observe I very rarely post any of my own stuff. Um, just uh, either keep in contact with people or uh, just see what's going on, like news or sporting or or just light-hearted entertainment pages. You know, I don't, don't typically use it for to post, continue to post pictures or stuff or articles. Well, I, I mean. Um... The, the, do you know the difference between passive and, and uh, active? Technically, if you're um, contacting people uh, and using social media in, in a way that is, yeah, active because you're contacting and keeping in contact, then um, that's an active way of doing it. But if you're just sitting there and scrolling through your newsfeed, then that's a passive way of using it. Um, and it's, I'll probably say a bit of both. Yeah. both then. And, uh, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is that passive use uh, increases the likelihood of depression and things like that whereas active use uh, actively reduces the chances of those depressive symptoms showing up and that sort of thing so uh, does it yeah How does it so um i'm not i'm not depressed i'm not depressed going through facebook no no no, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying it's what that is some of the studies that i've been looking at whilst doing some research for for this podcast um uh, uh and there's there's a there's a big thing on the, the active and passive uses and um but it, it's not all negative for social media because it does help a lot in different respects um but 
we've established that you that most people in this day and age they use huge amounts of technology um i mean how has your technology usage changed as you've grown up because obviously you're you're the sort of, you're the same generation as me um and we're sort of in that cusp of like growing up with minimal amounts of technology where we'd still play outside when we were younger to now where we're sort of surrounded by technology and it's such a big integral part of what we are uh, how has it changed as you've grown up yeah i mean i'd say like for example like i'd always i never took my phone to mm. school although like phones are coming more and more into daily life probably around the time i was in senior school i still never took my phone to school mm. Do you know what I mean? I never, never really used it. Typically, just used it to make calls and texts. Yeah. Really, I never used it for like any apps or any internet surfing. I always, I always used to do that on like a computer or laptop. Oh, yeah. So I'd say like probably the probably the the most noticeable thing is the fact that I've used. Or phones become more more of an all-rounder and the laptop or computer has been used less. I'd probably say that's the biggest change or, or the biggest change or um, development is the mobile phone. Really just doing doing more. Yeah. And and becoming not not I wouldn't say we're becoming reliant on it because you know everyone go, you know, oh you can't leave the phone without the house. It's just like you you bring your phone for just like either you know any potential emergency or you need to contact people rather than being addi addicted to it do you know what i mean if i if i if i knew that i'd i was going to go out the house and nothing bad would happen or i wouldn't have to contact anyone potentially then I'd, i could just leave it here but I'll, I'll take it out just in case as well so so uh, yeah i'd say the phone's probably become more pertinent yeah. over the years so you never used to take your phone to school or anything like that. So when you're in, uh, up until the point where you're in senior school, you never, you never had a phone with you at school or anything like that. No, no, but people, others brought their phones in, but I just never did because I just didn't see the point. If someone needed to get hold of your parents at that age, they would have just the school would have just phoned them. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, and schools. then so do you feel that in now you only really take your phone out for the the opportunity for emergencies or or something like that or will or will you actively use or look at social media if you've got like five ten minutes whilst you're out out and about yeah i mean you know, sometimes it's for music as well you know listening in the car or headphones then yeah it, others it is for that you know if you waiting about for something or you know you could just oh let's just go online just past the time so yes yeah, got a variety of uses yeah and like you say you go online to pass the time and, and, and that sort of thing um have you ever thought i, I mean knowing you personally you're, you're you're not the most extroverted individual so you wouldn't go up to someone in the street and just start having a conversation with them but um you know if if you were to take yeah. away your your technology whilst you're out and about would you would you would you start a conversation with someone on the street or if you were in a restaurant that sort of thing probably no no, no, no i probably wouldn't i wouldn't start doing that no. more if i didn't have a phone on so i you know we're just we're talking about uh whether or not you'd take it out and what impacts do you think that your technology is having on on you and and your day and your daily interaction you know what what do you how do you feel technology's influencing you what says here what says influence me in a bad way i mean everyone goes on about oh no you you're on your phone this this and that but i, I don't see the difference from being on your phone to someone reading a book or a newspaper you know so, some people go oh everyone's on the phone nowadays it's like well every, you know just when, when, I think I've read somewhere when books came out, everyone was worried that they'll have, that they'd constantly have their faces in books. 
they wouldn't make conversation. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's always going to be this worry from people, just like anything, oh, you know, that some technology's taken over or whatever. But I, I just think people use their phone, but they can also make conversation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's like negatively impacted. I mean, anyone. I mean, the, the only thing it is a bit, I would say, if you are talking, you know, you say, Obviously, this hasn't happened much in the past year, but if you're out and about with someone and it's, you know, they're always on their phone, that's probably the only time it does get a bit irritating or it can can become an issue because, you know, when you're trying to talk to someone and they're just constantly on their phone, it's a bit, you feel like, what yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. That's the, only time, that's the only time I'd say, really, yeah, it's an issue or it can be a nuisance. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good point you made about, um, you know, when people started regularly reading books or newspapers and that sort of thing, and, and they were worried about um, it changing the social dynamics. So it, do you think that um, it's just a case of it's the new book or it's the new newspaper that, that, that these yeah. phones and, and that sort of thing are? Yes. That's all it is. I mean, people still read books and newspapers, but mobile phones are there yeah. as well. And you can read you can read news on your phone. You can read books on yeah. your phone, can't you? So it's just a, it's just a different way to a different read medium stuff, I guess. Yeah. In that respect, is there um, is there a, a change now? So because you have your phone there all the time this sort of leads on to my next question do do you think that the use of technology has changed the modern day culture and society so if you lead on from that question where books and newspapers were changing the social dynamic do you think that having so much news um and um and so much at your fingertips uh, has changed uh, modern day society and culture i think it has Purely because we've just got, in a way, it's too too much information. It's like with, uh, I think you can link it back into like what's going now with COVID. Is there's too much information? There's too much stats? There's too much? Do you know mm. what I mean? It's there's an over over saturation of just stuff out there. Do you know what I mean? Like whether it's I mean, it's, it's all completely dependent on the person itself, but whether it's actually relevant, interesting, or needed. There's, there's you know, there's articles, there's articles on everything and anything. And I think as in a way change, changed, changed people. Um, because I'd say probably, I'd say probably on the whole, majority of people's awareness of certain scenarios and topics are. Are enhanced, but obviously that won't be the case for everyone because not everyone a cares or b wants to. So I would definitely say it has definitely probably changed people because there's just more of an awareness. Well, that's that's yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, and. Do, do you think people are aware of this this change? I mean, on, on a global scale, we'll, we'll get to sort of just you in, in a personal sense, whether it's changed, whether you think it's changed in your sort of small bubble. Um, I'd say, so, I'd say that there'll always be some people who, who are quite aware to this, like aware to certain things, um, such as like they're a bit more self self-aware and self-reflective and people who'd probably take a probably people who could take a step back and observe a situation but there, there's still people out there who i either are quite oblivious to it or be haven't gate give it a thought or c don't care uh, they're, they're they're quite content with with their usage of technology and, and what it provides yeah, like, yeah for this yeah, just making the most of what we've got. I mean, some people go, "Oh, I don't, I don't do it, social media or Facebook or Instagram," and it's that's cool. But like, you know, the way I look at it, it's a good way to network mm. as well and keep in contact with people. So if you do want to do that and you you are anti-social media, then I'm thinking that you you're taking a a tool away, really. Yeah, 
for a means of means of communication and get and from, at, at the end of the day probably getting you giving yourself at a disadvantage if, if if you if you are wanting to like network with people or build a name or build you know whatever that, i mean that's interesting you say that is that um have we become is technology such a part of our uh, our modern day living that we that we put ourselves at a disadvantage if we remove ourselves from those those types of social media or technologies probably could yeah yeah it, it depends on what you're doing really i mean if you've got your own business for example and you don't have any form of social media then i think you are putting yourself at a massive disadvantage because you just you, you're taking away free, free mode of advertisement, and but if at the same time you don't have your own business, for example, or you generally don't really care about it, then then you can you can get away with it fine. That's the the moral dilemma that for certainly for me uh, and trying to develop a, a digital detoxing company is that are you being hypocritical uh, using social media to to develop a name? You know, if 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 in modern day we're yeah. we're trying to, um, I'm trying to advocate the the reduction in, and and the awareness of how much technology we're using. If I'm trying to build a brand, is is you know the moral dilemma of using social media to build a digital detoxing brand. I mean, uh, that it's quite. If you were to, it'd be quite ironic, but it's free. Make the most of it. You know, how else would you contact people? Do you know what I mean? I think it's the easy. I think it's the easiest way to to mm. reach people these days. I, I suppose it, it, it's more of a case of you have to be aware of of how much you're using and, and and what the sort of outreach is and what you're posting on these on these social medias to develop a brand name. I think it's being the way the way I've seen it is that you need to be conscious of of how much time you're spending on it, not just turning around and saying, nope, that's it, no technology whatsoever, like trying to develop a brand doing that. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's extremes, isn't it? People want to identify as something like, no, I don't, I don't use Facebook at all. No, no, very few people, very few people I think can go, well, I use it, but I don't use it that much. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I can live without it. It's, it's either, no, I will not use it or, Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'll post on every day or whatever. So, I mean, going back to the original question then, so um, how, how much do you, or how do you think that the use of technology has changed modern day culture and society, not just on a global scale, but also in your personal group as well? Um, I can't say it's done much in a personal group sense. I mean, I think we're, you know, we just, we use it to keep in contact. It's probably, probably a bit easier to keep in contact because I, I can still remember being in school where you know the friends I had at school for example I never kept in contact with outside of school only because it was a well we had phone numbers and all that but it was just yeah it was less of a thing for example so like I, I, I definitely had a, a school group and a outside of school group um but yeah I mean I think at the same time, it's just been a been making it a bit easier to stay in contact with people, mm. really, and organise stuff from like a, a group. If if a, a personal perspective, you know, because we get the touch of a button, we can yeah. talk to each other, really. But um, uh, I, I was just going to say, so in a more of a uh, a wider culture and society, like. Um, not just your personal thing. How do you think it's it's changed? I think it's, it's a good and a bad, and in, in the fact that yes, I mean, if you were to say a hundred years ago that we had a mean a device of, and a means of contact with people instantly, everyone would have been in, in disbelief. But also at the same time, where it's so readily available, I think you know the whole thing of like people when you send a message or something like that, each time phone someone that, that someone picks up or responds at the click of a button it's kind of it, sometimes it puts a demand on hang on a minute like that person could be busy or that person could have had a busy day at work and doesn't want to talk but feels pressured to talk because they know at the other end of the end of the line that there's someone 
he's probably mm. expecting an answer. And so it, it could, you know, it could put un- expectations and demands of people a bit higher, demand demanding a response or an answer or, yeah. or whatever. I'd say that's probably the negative aspect because, you know, sometimes people are busy. Sometimes people don't want to talk. So, you know, something might have happened or that they're, they're you know, they, they don't want to talk at the current yeah. time, for example. So, I mean, are you saying that there's an inability for our society to, or our culture to like walk away, shut off from either your daily work or if you don't want to be contacted, your inability to um, be silent for an, an evening or anything? You could turn your phone, you could turn all your phone off and et cetera, and so no one can contact you, but, or you could just yeah. put your phone in another room. But I think so some people don't do that, you know, in case they do. I mean, I, I tend to leave my phone in the same room just in case people message me. Do you know what I mean? And I guess it's that potential thought of someone contacting yeah. me more than anything, rather than that, rather than the actual contacts happening in a way it's in a way it can, it can be hard to switch off but I, I i personally don't struggle i don't at the end of the day feel like it's a struggle to just switch off do you know what i mean if my phone will be there and it'll yeah. be there or do you know what i mean won't, won't stop me shall we say so um that nick made a good point um about because obviously he helps run his surf school whilst um, and he's um, uh, he said that you know he gets emails through later on in the evening, and if he's just chilling out, he'll respond to them. You know, it, it, he's never switched off from his work, and we saw that with our boss out in Norway as well. She she was always answering emails late into the evening. Um, you know, we, we thirty years ago, you wouldn't have been able to do that type thing. You know. Um, so do you, how do you think that's changed as well? I think some people can deal with it. I mean, you said Nick, he, he seems like he can deal, he can deal with it quite, quite easily. Some people could struggle with it. You know, they could feel the, the constant, the constant thought of having to think about work or business or whatever you might, might stress them out quite negatively but I, I i think some some people can deal with it if they if they can like nick or to an extent trina she she she, she dealt with it quite well um then yeah i mean i think that's just part part and parcel of running our business is working outside not having not having really hours to work you just yeah. do stuff when you need to do stuff and i think that's i think that's just i think that's just part of the requisite of running something like that if you don't want to do that don't don't have your own business (laughs) it's not it's not a bad bit of advice right well i think i think we covered we covered a a lot on in that topic and and stuff i think um i like to end it with a sort of a lighter-hearted thing um and just sort of say if you had the the opportunity to go and live off the grid, so completely um, away from technology and power and running water and stuff like that um, for a year. Um, where and 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 where would you do it, and would you do it? A year might be a bit of a stretch. I could do it for, a, could probably do it for a, a week to a week to a month. I'd say would probably be the ideal. In terms of the ideal actual uh, time frame, I think a year. I, I personally, no. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to do a year. If you gave me the option, I, I'd, okay, I'd, I'd say enough. no. Personally, <laughs> why? Why? You know what I mean? But I, I could do it for. I, I just just a year is a long time, isn't it? And it a lot can happen within a year. Um, but I, I could do it for probably say up to a month, and be fine with it, and I'd probably deal with it quite well. But yeah, I, I personally wouldn't do it but in regards to if i was to pick a location i'd probably pick where we lived in norway i'd probably pick pick um you know like the oh, wilderness yeah. cabin nice. there I'd, I'd probably i'd probably pick something like right. that in that sort of area 
but yeah so just just uh just a month's worth yeah a sh- sh- short term uh, i wouldn't do, i wouldn't do a year unless there was some sort of big reward <laughs> at the end the gratitude <laughs> that you lived off grid for a year yeah, it's, that's, I just don't see the point in, in doing enough. that for you. I mean, if you could take friends, uh, some mates with you, or uh, your partner, or whatever, would you would you then consider it? No, I still probably wouldn't. That's fine. I mean, you're the you're you're the first you're the first person that said no, so it's it's just interesting that you would uh, that you said no. I'm just trying to find out, you know. <laughs> it's just a year's a long time. You could you could do a lot of other stuff in in that time. You certainly could. Sam, 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 you would miss the pubs and the football. Let's face it. Oh yeah, I mean, when I went to Norway for the year, well, nine months, and I pretty much, you know, lived off the grid in many ways, didn't we? Well, yeah, to an extent. Uh, to, to an extent, we did. I mean, we, yeah, we had access to technology, but we were quite remote. It was quite, yeah. you know, it wasn't like the UK. But I guess I could say that. Because I've probably not not done it 100%, you know, no electricity, no whatever. But I have kind of like experienced living yeah. in quite a remote area, which is probably why I'd, I'd say, no, I wouldn't do it because I've, I've mm-hmm. kind of done it already. Kind of. Yeah, that's fair enough. He's, he's, lived, he's lived enough off the grid for, for his lifetime. So he likes his mod cons. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've tried. I've tried. I've, tr- I've tried my tried yeah. my remote living, but that's cool. No, no, that's yeah. cool. So, well, thanks very much for coming and joining us for this episode, Sam. Um, much appreciated. So, and, um, thank oh, no, ha- thank you been, for having it's me. It's been a pleasure, my friend. So, um, and uh, hope hope for the best and uh, don't uh, don't damage yourself whilst firefighting. Oh, I'll try not to, Greg. I've been a hero. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks. <laughs> Big thanks to Sam for giving his perspective on the Unplugged debate. I'll see you next week for the next episode with Steve Howe giving his perspective on the Unplugged debate. Until then, thanks for listening.